Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pop Culture Podcast. It's been a minute. It's um, been a few minutes. A few minutes, quite, yeah. Been a minute. But we're back, thankfully. I think we tried to organize another recording, but I think we both were hella tired and just fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's um, hashtag dad life. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, my name is uh, Anton. I'm father to Ginny, who's four years old. And Ellis, who is amazingly uh, almost 17 months. Uh, and I'm John. I'm father to Malcolm, who is officially 18 months now, a year and a half. Oh, yeah. A year and a half. You don't have to say, like, you know, the number of months anymore. You can actually legit say year and a half. I, I know. And it's, it's easier that way because it's... It's getting hard to remember the number of months. Which is what happened to me. Just before yeah. we recorded, I was like, oh, I think he's almost 16 months. And then, you're, and then you even uh, like checked me on that. So shout out to you for, for knowing. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so uh, John and I have known each other for, damn, like over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, on this podcast, we talk about, you know, all the pop culture and entertainment that... Uh, that we're that we're into uh, the stuff that we really love, um, the stuff that we're kind of falling out of love with, um, particularly now that we're like dads and you know our perspective change and shit like that. Um, but really, we're just kind of getting older and just want everyone to get off our lawns because you know we're old like that. Yep. Okay, so it's been, man, like almost two months, I think, since our last recording. Mm-hmm. Um, lots happened. Um, you want to kind of give folks an update on kind of what's been going on with life in general? Uh, yeah, let's see. For me, I, like you said earlier, we tried to record once, I don't know, about a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago and it just we try to we tried to record on a friday night and i said dude i'm tired let's right. go tomorrow and then saturday i didn't even contact you because i was like uh dude and then sunday is like uh so like uh any well, any you had a struggles lot of- real after 8 30 p.m nowadays dude you're telling me <laughs> um but I, I, you know, it's that's been two months of this baby turning into a toddler mm-hmm. who, um, who's awesome and is hell smart and picks up on things hella quickly, and we're adjusting now to his being really cognizant of playing the game and him like, working out his like uh, like, like emotions and stuff yeah like what game like oh uh, you know like learning that they could manipulate mm. situations sure. um so like we've had some tantrums and and some meltdowns and they haven't been too bad but you know like at this age he is uh definitely um 
utilizing some screaming and some whining a lot more. And the funny thing is, because it changes real quick, like, you know, you, you know, the real cry and then the hurt cry and like the the real I need something cry. And then all of a sudden there's like the quick change of uh, mood once you say like, oh, did you want do you want to watch some TV or want some food? And the mood changes real quick. Yeah, definitely. Um, so like over the past two months, one of the updates I would have talked about was, uh, and we still have to deal with it now. Obviously, it's, we're going to be dealing with it for the next, uh, hell, no, like a lot of years. Yeah, forever. <laughs> Is forever. Uh, yeah. forever. Um, I mean, not this in particular, but like just all all these like lessons is uh having to to talk to him about um well the constant struggle is him always throwing his food after he's like bored when he's eating mm, okay and you know like he sits in a chair with a tray and so every time he grabs a container and flips it over at some point um once he's bored and because he's still not full because he's still eating, but like, you know, getting to that point or like, uh, like strongly wiping the, the tray so that he's knocking everything onto the floor. Right. Um, and then just the other times, just, just actually just grabbing it when he doesn't like it or he's done with it and just throwing it on the floor or projecting it off of, there and so we have to remind him every day about about that and knowing like oh okay well this is just gonna be a struggle (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh thankfully we've got dogs so all that food that gets it's like noodle and lucy yeah they love it they're like best friends yep they get the um snacks well we don't have a dog so i'll i'll we do is just vacuum it up, a, sweep it up, vacuum and a constant, uh, constant use of paper towels. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, like over the past, I mean, as long as he's been alive, obviously, cause, and, and he's been, um, eating on his own and all that stuff. I've recognized it, but now I always get reminded cause my Lola, I always remembered her always having paper towels on her. Like she always had a paper towel, right? Because she was always wiping something up. Oh, and then now funny. it's like, oh, I totally get it now. That's really funny. And I, sometimes, like after I'm done, like with a paper towel, if I I wash my hands, and then I use it to dry it. So that I actually just put it in my pocket because I'm like, I'm gonna have to use this in like five minutes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I'm trying to yeah. think if there's anything that happened or that's happening that I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. That I know. Well, it's different because, you know, this is our second kid. So a lot yeah. of the things we know that is going to go away. Like, for example, uh, this was happening way early on, but like with Ellis's like skin, he had like a, mm-hmm. like egg, baby eczema and then it was like mm-hmm. r- really red and itchy and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we knew that he was uncomfortable and then we would have to, you know, take extra steps to make sure that uh, we were kind of keeping a handle on on that stuff, you know, which yeah. was 
um, make sure that we give him a bath every day, which we did not do with Ginny at all. Um, mm-hmm. We were, mm-hmm. you know, we could go two, three days with Ginny, um, you know, unless she blew up her diaper, in which case we were like, yo, he'd get in there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, with Ellis, we were like, all right, well, at the end of the day, we'll make sure that we um, at least get him in the water just to just get his, like, moisturize his skin somehow, right? Right, right. And then, and then do our, like, hydrocortisone, aquaphor, and, you know, do, do that whole routine. And um, it seemed like I kept asking Tess. I was like, dude, this is worse than Ginny, right? And then... Mm-hmm. And then Tess was like, no, I think it was about the same. And, you know, I was all the, I was always like, oh, man, I hope this goes away. And then Tess was like, oh, what do we for Ginny? And then I was like, no, but this is worse than Ginny. And then she's like, no, it's not. <laughs> so anyway, it's much better now. I mean, he's still, yeah. we still do give him a bath every day. Um, but uh, I think he's just used to it. Yeah. You know, he's used to it. That's when, that's like it. It uh, clues him into that's what his bedtime is. Um, so that's good. But the bedtime is now like another problem because he does uh, not sleep in the, he does not sleep in the crib, bro. Like for real. Yeah. Like he was really good for, for a minute. Like we can yeah. leave him in there. There'd be like a, like a week where he'd like sleep at his crib forever, mm-hmm. like throughout the night. And then all of a sudden, like he'd get up at like, he'd go down at maybe nine. Then at one o'clock, he'd like wake up. Then we'd have to bring him into the bed, you know, and then try oh, and shoot. put him back in. Okay. Um, but then now, like, he he definitely needs to like toss and turn before he sleeps. Yeah. Um, and usually Mir Tess, um, is like next to him in on our bed. So mm-hmm. we'll just let him like toss and turn until he falls asleep. Then yeah. we would usually do that and then like transfer him into his crib. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just easier that way. I know people are going to people like parents are going to listen to this or maybe some parents. I don't know. They're going to be like, oh, it's because you did sleep chair, blah, 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 <laughs> whatever, man. But, <laughs> but anyway, like. So now he knows right away when he's not on that Tempur-Pedic mattress, man. He's just like, <laughs> he'll like, he'll like pop right up and be like, start whining. And he knows. So, yeah. Because his crib doesn't have his number. Uh, that's right. That must be it. <laughs> <laughs> not, it's not a Tempur-Pedic mattress. He knows, dude. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, Tess and I will like, talk about we're like man we need to make sure he can sleep on his crib and then you know like we were thinking about it and we're like it's not you know like kids will kids won't always want to like sleep in bed or sleep next to us so we might as well just like enjoy Enjoy it while they want to because yeah you know days are gonna pass and then they'll be like Oh, hell no. I'm going to lock you out of my room. Right. So that's kind of like what we tell ourselves to make it okay yeah. with, yeah. you know, not sleep training and all that shit. Um, but anyway, well, but you know- it's, it's fine. Like he, once he goes to sleep, he's usually just like, you know, he'll still toss and turn. Like he'll be kicking me in the back, but 
that's what Ginny did too. So whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's funny when you were talking about that because one of the things that we know about Malcolm is that he doesn't really like to cuddle with us. Huh. Like, unless he's sick, mm. like like really really sick, um, he really won't last with just sitting with us and hanging out, even if it's like TV or something that could kind of like drone him out for more than like, like 10 minutes is, is really the cap of it. So like we've been trying to, um, we, we got a nebulizer for him and, uh, there's only been a, I don't know, maybe like three times where, out of our many attempts to try to have them sit down and actually use it without just being bored with it and going, moving on to doing something else. Hmm. Cause he just won't sit with us and just chill. Um, and then the other, like last week or two weeks ago, he was consistently waking up around like four 30 to four, you know, to five o'clock where he really wasn't like, I am he his body was just like and going back to sleep right and one time kung went in there and brought him to our bed and he was just like i don't want to lie down here i want i'm ready to go downstairs and do something else because <laughs> <laughs> even though he was still tired right he like because usually he'll wake like this week he's been getting up between six to six thirty um but yeah, he doesn't. He's not like he's affectionate, right? He'll he'll hug us and kiss us, and it, if we ask for hugs, he'll come in and hug hug us and like play with us. But he's just like not the whole kind of like I want to hang out and cuddle with mommy or daddy kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think Ellis is only like that, like when he's like tired or whatever. But usually he's yeah. trying to run around. Yeah, but yeah, like I'm, when Ellis wakes up, like both Tess and I are still tired, so. <laughs> we'll like throw on the TV and then like put on um the Ginny's Jams playlist, yeah. uh, which was obviously Ginny's Jams. So then he'll he can watch like Bruno Mars videos while we yeah. try and like sneak in, you know, a few more minutes of like bad sleep. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah the sleeping thing is like the thing now, but. You know, it's it it ends up being fine when you can turn it into some sort of routine, yeah. right? So, how it's how it's been working is right around seven thirty, seven thirty, seven forty five. That's when it's like we'll start going into the bath, right? And then mm. and then once he's out of his bath, he says good night to mommy, he says good night to Ginny, and then um, then it's like read a couple books, then lights out, and then then he'll sleep. And then, you know, because I'm there, too, on the bed and it's dark, I'll sometimes fall asleep, too, from, like, sometimes for, you know, sometimes up to three hours. <laughs> oh, shoot, yeah. So, I'm, so I'll get up at, like, 11, and I'll be like, oh, shit. And then I might, you know, hop on the computer for a little bit and then end up going to sleep. But, um, yeah. yeah, so that kind of made it tough when i was working because you know i'd be editing at night yeah so i'm like oh shit let me go let me wake up at 
you know, a couple hours. So that was like my little nap that, that happens at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. So I can go edit and maybe go back to sleep at like one or something like that. Yeah. But as long as it's a routine, it works fine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the whole sleep training thing, I think we just got lucky because um, Malcolm kind of adapted to that really yeah, that's good. easily. Yeah, some, and, you know, there was a period where Ellis was doing that. Yeah. Um, but then there was, like, that regression, and it's like, yeah. instead of trying to course correct, we're just like, all right, well, let's just see how it goes. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. now it is what it is, and, you know, it, it's fine. Yeah. No, and... You know, a lot of our friends, what I pretty much have realized being a dad for a year and a half is uh, that there's, you know, all these different ways to handle things. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, like, definitely. you know, like six years down the line, most people, you can't even tell what the hell, what the hell they did with sleep and what the hell they did, like, you know, what they did with like... TV exposure and all the, th- you know what I mean? Breast, yeah, breast milk versus formula, yeah. Right. Unless they're like huge, right? <laughs> right. I mean, there's obviously certain things that, that are going to be more specific that you could tell, but at the end, yeah. most of the kids are just going to be, you know, like the other kids as long as, you know, they're obviously being loved and being taken care of, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. All right. And then, you know, actually, and the sleep training thing, and Hung and I talked about this, is like, at the end of the day, the sleep training and like all that stuff is really less about the kid and it's really more about the parents. Yeah, that's true. That's that, right. That is really true, right? Like, um, I feel like if uh, the folks who are really strict about um, sleep training, uh, you know, that I think that helps that helps them for whether it's like um, disciplining and, you know, just right. obviously just establishing a routine that, that this kid's going to grow up. Like, right. So we actually don't have a legit main topic today because there was probably a ton of catching up. So um, I guess, it's kind of uh, like a hodgepodge, but you mm-hmm. do have you do have a couple of notes. So what's what's this? F- why don't yeah. you introduce this first thing that you wanted to discuss? All right. So I was thinking, you know, last time we recorded was actually before New Year's, mm-hmm. and in my in real life, I don't really do resolutions anyway, um, but. With like throughout like early January, I was kind of thinking like, is there any kind of random stuff that's pop culture or not so serious in terms of resolutions that I was thinking of that I was just going to try to set for myself? So it's already going to be March by the time this is out, but I'm curious if you have any random resolutions or pop culture kind of goals or whatever is in our lane um, for this year? I think for me, um, I definitely wanted to be a little bit more creative this year. Um, Mm -hmm. 
you know, uh, being able to kind of work that freelance job um, and being able to be a little bit creative with that just kind of like got the juices flowing a little bit towards the end of the year. So I wanted to try and leverage kind of that momentum into this year and, and try and be more creative. So whether that means try and uh, kind of go back and work on old screenplays, do some shoots, whatever, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so as part of that, I also knew that I wanted to consume um, more films, more TV when I can yeah. Um it's been hard the the first couple of months because um I've been busy with work and it's kind of tied me up during the during the evenings and that's usually the time where it's easiest to catch up on stuff. Um right. so that's probably it just to try and watch more stuff. Um you know what's cool is that like new release or like film theatrical releases they get on demand so quick so you're not super behind always yeah um yeah so i would say that's probably one of my resolutions is to try and um watch more things Mm -hmm. what about you um oh oh sorry um also kind of like less invested in sports (laughs) <laughs> try to try to be less invested in sports yeah at least you know, at least until playoffs start that's funny because i was actually just thinking about that and there was a time earlier this year where i i made that decision too partially our, because our, our teams were sucking so it was well, easier there's that well and the warriors are the one thing with the Warriors, oh, actually, the one thing that I can't really stand with like good teams is like if they're really if like I could watch a bad team and be committed to them because they're bad. But if like like with the Warriors right now because they're super good when they want to be, right? When they're just like shooting the shit during games and like, man, if you're not gonna take this seriously, I don't really want to watch because then that's fair. I, I have other things. to do. Right. (laughs) It's not so much about like, oh, because we're losing. It's like, it's just more like, this is some bad basketball and it's kind of annoying. Yeah, definitely. Um, But it's funny because, you know, our first episode, we're talking about how much sports has played into our lives as individuals and how that's going to influence like moving forward as being dads. But there was a point where I'm like, man. So I kind of just want to disconnect from sports, like, you know, except for like playoffs or like more major things, because it does take up so much time, um, emo- time and emotion. Mm-hmm. If you're into it. Um, I mean, the good thing with NBA games is they're relatively short. Uh, but like if you were committed to like the NFL or college football or college basketball if you're really into that or some other sports so like tennis i mean you could be stuck watching something for four hours right definitely and then with baseball coming which i'm excited about but like 
at least baseball is something that you could kind of throw on and not really pay attention to. Right. You could have it on the background. And, yeah. And then um, you always, but so I felt, yeah, you always can like, oh, I could just like, uh, it's fine to watch the highlights or, right. you know, like the, the at-bat app has the condensed games, which are which is an awesome thing if you miss yeah. one. Yeah. Or you just listen to the radio and, you know, whatever, right? Yep. Um, and actually like this year, I, I've watched all like the pay-per-views and stuff on wrestling or wrestling pay-per-views that the WWE ones, but I really haven't watched too much of like the, the Monday and Tuesday shows because they just take hell of time. <laughs> <laughs> and then the times I would be watching them is, would be anywhere from like 11 to 2 a.m. or like in the mornings um when i have some time between breakfast and getting ready our audience is gonna like is witnessing a a transformation right now right (laughs) but i mean i you know i was i watched it last night you know like i still try to catch certain things but um but yeah i get you stuff takes time dude like that's the one thing that like I, I I definitely want to play more video games, but I can't. You know, yep. it's just yeah. I want to. I actually want to. Uh, produce a short film this year. Um, well, I do, uh, and you know, part of it was just as I mentioned on the last episode, which was like the regret of that um, that project falling through, and it was just. You know, is also being inspired by a good buddy of mine, and I think I mentioned this on the podcast before too. But um, he, his film, which I saw the premiere of, like down in LA a few months back, his he got accepted, and his film got accepted to Cinequest, which starts this uh, weekend, or like starts, yeah, basically now. So, mm-hmm. you know, and Cinequest has always been um, a great festival for like legit independent independent films like you probably right. won't see those you know toronto film fest or berlin film fest films here these are like by like legit indie guys um yeah. so you know it, it it kind of got me thinking about what i want to do this year uh with regard to being creative and it's like there's this script that i've had for god over 10 years that's just been kind of like locked and loaded and i'm you know thinking about you know when the time's right i'm gonna i'm gonna make this yeah um but the time is never really right you just gotta do it yeah um so yeah that's something you know i didn't want to talk about it because that means it's like on record but now that i talk about it like that means I got to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's also part of it. Part of part of why I'm talking about it. So it gets me on the hook for for doing it. Um, well. So yeah, I mean, I reached out to my buddy Brad, who's who's going to be coming up here for his film, and I was like, "Hey, man, like, like, let me let me send you this thing." see what do you think of it and then he really enjoyed it and then so he's trying to connect me with his his producer his good friend so 
yeah, I'm going to meet up with them next week and then just kind of see what needs to happen, try and get the ball rolling on this. So again, still early, but you know, it's something that I should finally probably do. I should, you know, I probably should do it. Cool, man. Hope that happens. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to hope it happens. I, (laughs) I believe it'll happen. Yeah, but, you know, again, time just f- flies so fast. Yeah. So, I mean, again, that's the plan. Obviously, life can happen and things yeah. can change, but... Well, is it, is it, would it require, like, a big cast? No, no. It's yeah. a pretty small thing. Um, I do want to shoot it in L.A., though. Mm. Um, but it, it could only... It's, I mean, I'll have to talk to, uh, I'll have to get some, some more insight from people who actually do this for a living regularly, but, um, it it seems like it could be something that could be done within like a long weekend, I think. Right. Um, Right. So if that, if that can happen, then it's all a matter of just scheduling and I think doable. Nice. I was thinking for this year some of the things in terms of like consumption Mm -hmm. i so there was a point when like i I think we talked about like you know we i was watching hella movies because netflix first just started so i was just had a stream of like dvds coming to the house all the time and then um i just happened to have time to watch them or made sure i had i made time to watch them and then eventually then things turned where i really preferred watching tv more than i like watch watching movies mm-hmm. uh, and then now it's kind of like because there's so much saturation of tv that is enjoyable whether it's really highly well crafted tv or just something i'm really into right that there's even just so much content that's almost like off-putting yeah definitely because, you know like i feel like i've dabbled in I don't know, like six or seven shows from Hulu, Netflix, and HBO and Amazon. And I've gotten to like two or three episodes through these series. And then I kind of just stopped watching because, oh, there's something else I want to try out. Right. It's too much, dude. It is too much. I mean, it's, you know, it's cool. People get to have... um, really great creative jobs and all that stuff. But <laughs> as a person with limited time, um, it's hard, right? Especially with sports and kids and not being able to stay awake. But um, <laughs> all you need to say was kids, dude. All you need to yeah. say was kids. And like, yeah, okay. I get it. Yeah. But so I was thinking like, oh, I definitely would like to watch more movies because now it's kind of like, oh, it's cool to have that finite amount of, a finite story even if it's like a series at least you know in that hour and a half if you get something like that nowadays or two hours and a half that right, yeah exactly. the story starts and ends and you, you know you could kind of pace it out even if like you know let's say you have a 48 hour rental and i'd rather watch it the whole way through but like shit, if i'm gonna fall asleep at least i could watch an hour of it and then get back to it the next day exactly yeah um so I've been really getting back into kind of like watching movies 
for that you know specific story being told um so there's that and the other thing i was thinking about was uh was um instead of dabbling in new shows even though as much as like some of them might be interesting i wanted to go back and actually just re-watch some of the old shows that i really like like all all the way through like rewatching um Battlestar Galactica. Tess and I were just talking about that cuz um yeah. one of the shows that uh I started was uh, it's a show on Stars, a uh, counterpart mm-hmm. with JK Simmons. It's pretty dope. I've, oh yeah. I'm two episodes in and then um Jamie Bamber who plays uh, Lee Adama is in it. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, "Oh shit." Yeah. Yeah, I think it's about time yeah. to like restart watching Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Did, so wait, I've did, been, we, did we talk about like maybe trying to do like a show about rewatches rewatching that one? <laughs> I think we might have talked about it or something like that. I think we might we might have brought it up because then when I was saying it, I felt like oh I might have talked about this before. Yeah. I remember I, def- I remember talking about rewatching Battlestar Galactica and yeah. what's it on right now? Do you know? Or like what streaming uh, service is it on? I think it's on Hulu. Okay. But I bought, I think I oh, bought yeah, all those seasons it. on Amazon when it was like on sale one time. Um, so you got to go like old school DVD? No, no, no. Uh, uh, digital. Oh, yeah. nice. The other one I want to go watch just because I miss it is um, Eureka. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Joe Lupo. Why don't we just take it into, um, you were talking about, you know, you've been trying to catch up on movies. Is there, has there anything, been anything over the past couple of months that like you really liked? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we, I messaged you about it. Uh, maybe it was about a month ago when I watched it. Atomic Blonde. That's definitely on that? my, no, it's not. I have not seen it, but it's on my list. Yeah. I've, I've, I heard the Bill Simmons podcast with Charlize, mm-hmm. and um, she's an interesting, like person. And I was like, yeah, I do want to watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, I honestly didn't have any when it first came out, and I saw the trailers for it. I was had really no interest in watching it, and then. I think it was one of the Ringer podcasts. They were just talking about Charlize being one of the the female stars that could really hold her own in in action movies. Um, and maybe like traditional action movies. And uh, and and then I learned that it was also I think it was directed or something like it was related to someone that. One of the main creatives on John Wick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because they came out at the same time. I think like Atomic Blonde and John Wick 2 came out at the same time, right? Or yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. And so I rented it, and I was like, I didn't really know what to expect, so I just kind of started watching it, and I'm like, oh, man, this is really interesting because it's visually you'll catch certain things, and it's, um, I mean, it definitely has its own palette. And then Charlene 
Charlize. Charlize is legit badass in it, which, I mean, she's been a badass in a lot of films. Um, yep. And then there was a particular scene in there that was just like, and I posted about it in, in Facebook about the, um, there's a shot in there that, that was edited. Oh yeah. I think I remember seeing you posted yeah. that. Yeah. There was a shot. There's a scene in there that was edited to look like it was, um, like one a take. continuous shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One take. Yeah. And it wasn't, but when I read it, I'm like, I don't really care because it looks like it was. Yeah, and that that's what right. they were, like, the, um, that Children of Men shot, if you remember that, like, mm. that was known for being, like, a continuous take, but there were there were cuts in that, too. Yeah. So that, that movie was pretty dope, and I was, like, that's why I was, like, so excited. I'm like, hey, dude, you want to, um, <laughs> you want to watch this? I'll give you my password. <laughs> I, have a, I have it for a day. Because I was like, I want someone to watch this. So I you, talk you've got twelve it. hours left. Just watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, it was actually. I think it was edited too to be like. Under two hours, I think, or just above two hours, which is like you know, like. That's nice. Hella, hella short in in this day and age. That's of, nice. Um, so that was. A really fun experience. Um, in terms of movies catching up and then what else did I watch I watched Logan Lucky and I was falling asleep in a lot of it it was, it was good oh yeah but, Soderbergh I, sh- I uh, should watch that yeah and uh Oh, I watched Baby Driver. I don't actually, I don't remember when I watched that, if that was before. Have you watched Baby Driver? I did. I saw that um, on the plane coming back from Boston. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. That had its palette too. Um. Yeah, actually, I didn't have any. I had nothing on that movie except when your brother was talking about it once. I'm like, oh, okay, sounds good. I'll, I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah. So, I mean, those are the things. I and I actually got caught up with. I finally watched Rogue One. Oh right, right. And uh, I watched Hidden Figures, and that was good. I didn't get. I didn't get a chance to watch Hidden Figures yet. I know it's on HBO, so I'll I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Atomic Blonde in terms of like uh an experience in terms of like that that would, you know, like as a um person who assumes to understand creative stuff <laughs> would be um would geek out about stuff. I thought that was Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll cool I'm thing. pretty sure I'll enjoy it. Yeah. Maybe uh, the next time I, I do see it on Redbox, and I was like, "Oh, tonight the night I'm gonna get watch Atomic Blonde." Yeah, and it's like I no. feel like it's gonna be on HBO though. Yeah, it it's the probably same will. studio as I mean, actually, I don't know if it's the same studio, but I assume it's probably from the same studio as John Wick, so it probably will be on a uh, HBO. Yeah, probably. Um, Amazon. Prime Video um, 
has had some pretty good. I've been on that to kind of like catch up on some stuff that I hadn't watched yet. Yeah. Um, I watched a film called Columbus, which is super indie, super indie film. Um, the director, his name is Kogunada, mm. and he got his start doing video essays about film on YouTube. No, shoot. And I was like, dang, that's pretty tight. If you're basically analyzing film, making videos, and he gets to direct the movie. So like John Cho's in it, mm-hmm. Parker Posey's in it, um, in a small role. And it's like, it's kind of slow, um, very kind of deliberate um character piece not a whole lot happens um but you're really just you just kind of sit back and just enjoy the serenity yeah of it all because it takes place in columbus which apparently is one of the meccas for like mid-century architecture Mm. so that so that kind of plays into the story and then it pits john cho and this um this local local student that they you know in the same way that like lost in translation pits um bill murray and scarlett johansson together like yeah they're in that they kind of build some sort of relationship because of their isolation in yeah in in tokyo it's it's similar but just huh. less less racist <laughs> uh- <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but by the way, I never That's really, I never, it never occurred to me that um, Lost in Translation was like slightly racist until recently. And I'm like, oh yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> I still love that movie though. Um, I also watched uh, The Lost City of Z, which okay. is a biopic mm-hmm. from the guy who's trying to search for El Dorado, like... Um, Charlie Hunnam from like Sons of Anarchy is like the lead in it. Right. That movie's kind of all over the place. But I feel like there was one of like the ringer dudes that really loved that film. Uh-huh. I feel like Chris Ryan, maybe like some someone one of those dudes like really loved it. And and yeah. I was like, Oh, okay, cool, I'll I'll check it out. And it was I don't know. I, I didn't really uh-huh. enjoy it as much as Right. As a, as I've heard, yeah. Um, I watched this Korean film from like their uh, their. I don't know if Park Chan Wook is like their uh, Quentin Tarantino, if we're if he's there like David Lynch, uh-huh. but he's definitely like one of the auteur filmmakers from Korea. Uh-huh. Um, he did like the original Old Boy, um, uh-huh. but he did uh-huh. this. He had this film called The Handmaiden, which was badass. Yeah, so good. It was really dope. And I kind of want to hit up Facebook to because I kind of want to get back into watching like Korean and Japanese um, films. Like I was really into it. Uh, like when Old Boy came out i was watching uh-huh. a lot of like the korean horror and korean like uh-huh. stuff 
Um, I think the last film I watched most recently was um, A Ghost Story. Have you heard about that one? I think I have. Yeah, so it's like Casey Affleck's in it, Rooney mm-hmm. Mara's in it, mm-hmm. and the character is basically um, like a ghost that you would dress up in like a sheet with like eye holes cut out of it. Yeah. Um, but that uh, also is like, that felt like um, kind of like a poem. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was really like engrossing. Um, again, deliberate, a little bit serene. It had some, it wasn't really scary. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it was a good watch. I enjoyed it a lot. Mm. But yeah, all, all four of those were, I think, on. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, not Columbus. I think Columbus was maybe on like Showtime or something. Okay. But anyway, A Ghost Story, Lost City of Z, and The Handmaiden okay. are all on uh, okay. Amazon Prime Video. You know, actually, I watched something on Amazon Prime Video too. Um, I think it won something at Sundance. Um, it was okay. I mean, it was good. It was. It starred um, like Keith um, Stansfield, um, on from Atlanta, and also Get Out. Oh, oh, it's Crown Heights. Crown Heights. It's about. Um, oh, I did hear about that. Who got imprisoned? Um, who got convicted and imprisoned for a long time for a, you know, a crime that he didn't commit, and so it has a story about him and his friend who was played by Namdi Asuma. Um, uh, yeah. Telling that story. Um, mm. And that dude's dope, man. Like the Keith Sanfield. Am I getting his name right? Um, uh, yeah. Atlanta season two starts soon. Mm-hmm. I need to finish like the last two episodes of season one, but a dude is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, like he, 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 he is good, dude. He's, yeah, I, I love that. I love that character in, yeah. uh, in Atlanta. And he's just in like a whole bunch of stuff now. And I'm like, you know, like, um, anyway, he, he's really good. And then the other, I, I, I you talked about horror and then it kind of caught me, um, it kind of reminded me. Um, another movie I watched was It. Oh, right. Yeah. I never watched the original. I didn't either. Well, how was it? I liked it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I the cool thing was I, I, I actually liked, you know, we talked about like how I don't really like child actors. <laughs> right. But they did a really good job in this in that film. Oh, okay. uh, and I mean, there was definitely some like scary moments, but I didn't really feel it was like a, it was a horror, but it was more like, um, you know, it, was it wasn't, it more, was it more like creepy than jumpy? Oh, it was definitely jumpy. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it seemed like it'd be a, like yeah. horror movies have to have yeah. jump scares. <laughs> It was jumpy, but then there was like, it was like kind of grounded and kind of like, 
Yes, it, it really has. It's more of the epitome of uh, kids and them dealing with their fears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then their fears just getting amplified by whatever the whatever's going on in that town. Right. Um, and I liked it. And there was something I was listening to. I think it was a podcast and they were saying like the one issue with it. I mean, one thing was like the people that were talking about it aren't horror, horror movie fans, which I am a horror movie fan. But one critique that they had of it was that it just felt like it just doubled down way too much on all the scary. Cause like it didn't really give time to breathe. Hmm. And I feel like oh, interesting. Okay, I can I can kind of agree with that. That it was it was like it just pounded and pounded and pounded all of like the scary moments or um where it got to like scare fatigue. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, but I I liked it. I, I thought it was a. I thought the kids did a really good job acting it out. It's definitely. I'm sure it was in production before Stranger Things came out, but at the same time, it was definitely an older brother for Scary Things. I mean, um, Stranger, Stranger Things. things. Hmm. Um, not in, in not in any kind of like direct way. It just happens to be like a group of friends that in the '80s that are dealing with something. Right. And one of that one of the kids in there is actually from is one of the kids in Stranger Things. Oh, really? Yeah, who plays a totally different character in the in the movie than he does? <laughs> oh, I was gonna say like, oh, he's typecast, but um, he, yeah. Did you watch Edge of Seventeen, or have you seen Edge of Seventeen? No, not yet. That was pretty funny too. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Haley Steinfeld character. Right does get kind of annoying, but it's kind of on par with what you'd expect from kids. So it's kind of like it feels like it's the right note to play. Right, she's supposed to be a little annoying, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Annoying, self-involved, right? Like, yeah. Um, but it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. It it uh, it definitely feels like a throwback to kind of John Hughes kind mm-hmm. of like a mix between John Hughes and um Savage Steve Holland if you like watched uh these are like some of my if my favorite 80s movies or like my favorite my favorite 80s movie is actually um Better Off Dead with John Cusack huh. um so it it definitely had like I felt like it was an homage to to like those kinds of movies I don't know that for sure, but right, you know that's that's my that's my take. Yeah. Oh, it makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, because I mean, I I only know some of the John Hughes movies, but most of the kids in those movies were a little annoying a and little self-involved. Arbery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely true. Um, and I finally got to finish Spider-Man: Homecoming. I um I was uh, watching I was watching it on the plane on the way to Boston, but I decided to stop it so I could watch The Big Sick. Because yeah. um they had hella good they had hella good movies on that flight, dude. It was crazy. 
<laughs> it was like Wonder Woman, The Big Sick, Baby Driver, Spider-Man Homecoming. And I'm like, holy shit, man. I, this flight's only like six hours. I can't watch all four of these. Yeah. Um, but Spider-Man Homecoming was tight. I haven't watched it yet. I, I was about to turn it on the other day and I'm like, oh, I can't watch this because um, oh, we were um, doing Jigsaw Puzzle. I'm like, there's no way I can pay attention to the movie and then <laughs> for sure, puzzle for sure. at the same time. It's tight, dude. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you saw Black Panther, right? I have, yeah. That was dope. It was dope, yeah. It was really, really dope. How did you, you know, and it's, I always ask you this because then you're, you're a filmmaker. So from that lens, how was it for you? Uh, for me, there, nothing stuck out or stuck out about, mm-hmm. um, any of the techniques. Yeah. Um, I, you know, there wasn't any particular sequence that was like, Oh, that was dope. Or, um, and I, th- I thought about this too. I mean, I have, I've, I've only seen Creed. Yeah. Um, and you know, like that was definitely well-made film. Yeah. Performances were great. Like what, what I, you know, usually when, I watch a movie, there's going to be like a sequence that's like, oh man, this was dope. Or it was like a, it was something that I noticed that could kind of lend to the filmmaker's style or whatever. Right. I didn't necessarily see anything for this, except that it was just all around just well-made. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like everything from the like the acting was really cool. Mm-hmm. The writing um, wasn't or didn't feel as campy as some other like comic book movies. Right. Um, the colors were super rich. I did notice that. Like the yeah. the like in particular that first challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like with the just as you were like the camera was like uh, panning up. panning across yeah like t- tilting yeah. up to see all of the, the the people who are watching yeah like it was so colorful yeah and um and you know the the ancestral plane looked gorgeous mm-hmm. um. Yeah, it was just like well made all around, dude. Like I was, I fully bought in. Nothing really took me out. Um, shout out to Andy Circus because, like, he needs right. to be like live action more. <laughs> right. Not that he's being wasted on CG because he's hella good yeah. at that, but like yeah. he's a legit man. Um, yeah, I, I whispered to him when he was on. I'm like, oh, dude, it's Smeagol, <laughs> and like I didn't realize he was that big. Dude, he's swole as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I always assumed that he was, obviously because it's Smeagol, but like, and I know he does like Caesar and stuff, but I always assumed he was a smaller dude. Yeah. But I 
know he I was mean, like he sh- he's looks pretty short, but he's definitely husk. Buff. Yeah. yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, I love the. I loved how like woke it was. Yeah. Um. And it like. I just felt really good after watching that mm-hmm. about like society in general, right? Like, <laughs> I felt good for this... like for POCs. I was just yeah. like, "Fuck, man, this is this is great." This and it's awesome that it's getting right. the acclaim and the the box office numbers. And it's it, it was just and you know seeing on Twitter how um, a lot lot of like. Um, black celebrities were raising funds uh, so that they could screen Black Panther for like a bunch of kids. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. And the fact that it turned out to be like probably the best overall Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. That says a, that's so, so huge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fucking felt great, man. Like just yeah. coming out of that movie, like man, this was really well made. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's cool to kind of look, then go deeper into like the production of it, because obviously, if people know Ryan Coogler, they know what he's about, and um, like with big studio films, you just don't know how much how much influence they have. Because then I was even thinking, like. To, was was this just another Marvel film that was like the script was pretty much um, dictated by right right by Marvel Studios, which you know like for the most part they have more hits than they have misses, right? Um, right, right. But they didn't. They pretty much let them write it, and obviously there's there's that's a pro it's a process. But like he he co wrote it, and then the set designer. Um, Ruth, um, what's her name? Um, not sorry, not the set designer, the the costume designer. Um, Ruth Carter, and she's she has a legacy of costume design, and then the set designer also has you know her legacy in the industry. She's um, South African, I think, hmm. and so. Uh, it was you know a film that was created from backstage to front stage um, by like a pan-African creators you know that's tight and it was real and then actually Ruth Carter used some um, had some influence from like some Philippine um, tribes in some of her oh yeah I read that I saw that article yeah which is dope too. Um, and yeah, so there's that. And I would agree with you that I, I don't think there was any f- scene. I, I I feel like it was pretty much just like a standard Marvel action movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in terms of being an action movie. Um, I yeah, like, the, like all the beats seemed to like, everything fell into place the way, like, yeah, there was nothing, yeah. there wasn't anything surprising. Right. Um, yeah, nothing was out of place. No real twists. Yeah. For, for the sake of a twist, right? Like, right. It was just 
well-crafted. Yeah. And then the humor, like you said, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was less campy and it was actually just funny. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't mind the camp, but I don't, uh, cause I I have a friend who, who really isn't into Marvel movies. And I wasn't sure how he's going to take to Black Panther because he's, yeah, he's, um, he, you know, has to live the life being half black. So, you know, like it's going to be a lot more, right. I could right. be more like real to him. And he has a kid who's, um, growing up into this world. Right. Um, but I wasn't sure if he was going to get taken out of it because of the humor, but he really liked it too. Um, but the characters were just really good. Dude, right? they were great. I mean, obviously there's a there's strong women all over. It. There's complex characters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Killmonger being the villain also had like hella good points. <laughs> you Le- know? Legit points. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah. I think I what did I see? I saw some article. It said like he's not a. Uh... He's not a supervillain. He's like a super, uh, a super victim of of his environment right. or something yeah. like that. And I was like, oh yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it was well thought out, and it's probably it's probably the the most like the the villain with the most legit beef, right? Mm-hmm. Like right. Of, of any comic book villain. Um. And, you know, in the beginning, the one scene that actually caught my eye in the beginning was uh, the Oakland scene mm-hmm. in, the, in the room. Because, you know, you, you got to uh, his dad, played by Courtney, no, not Courtney, um, Sterling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brown. Sterling came around, yeah. And so there was a part in that scene where he, you know, you saw Public Enemy in the background. And you just assume that this dude's like a bad character because he's like doing dealing in arms trade and right, all that stuff, right? Because that's all you see in the beginning. And there's a part in there before um, T'Challa's dad got in, that um, or his brother came in, where he kind of peeks out the window, right? Like he peeks out the window through the blinds. Yeah. And I was telling him afterwards, I'm like. That shot to me was um, an homage to that um, widely used and misused image of Malcolm X um, peeking out the window, like um, where he has the gun. Oh, interesting. And then it's been misused by a lot of people because that's the that's the image that says uh, by um, that they associate to the by any means necessary kind of thing, uh-huh. and they make it seem like it's like hyper militant hyper like violent yeah. kind of yeah. thing where it's like it's like um, white people and stuff and his family is like has to repeatedly educate people and say that's actually him peeking out because of the beef that he had with um the nation of islam um but anyway that oh, that's interesting yeah so like that he kind of peeked out kind of like you know like lightly tapping the the blinds or whatever right mm-hmm. and at the kind of same kind of angle and the thing is he was what he was doing was looking out for his son which we l- learned right. afterwards which we right? learned afterwards yeah and then that that picture when because I, I read about it afterwards and i didn't know it was misused until i read it read about it afterwards 
that that's pretty much oh that's that's a, yeah that that's like a direct metaphor yeah and the family that's actually a family photo that they took a picture of him because he was concerned about his family's safety you know yeah and yeah. so there's lots of layers there and you know like with film with filmmakers especially when they have like attention to like so many details like the film has i don't assume any of that is coincidental no right? absolutely not absolutely not yeah and then afterwards you re- learn that yeah he was dealing in arms but he was dealing in arms because he felt that it was the best way to bring kind of like um equity to these communities right right where like you know like yeah it's violence that he's bringing on but then like if they're being attacked with violence what are they supposed to do kind of thing right yeah um so that was interesting in terms of like a shot but other things like like you mentioned there was nothing in terms of like an action movie that kind of stood out like the atomic blonde scene Mm, mm, mm. but i did like the initial car scene or the the car chase not the initial, the only car chase. <laughs> right. um, with like doing a little bit of like Shuri doing the um, the driving, the virtual driving and stuff like that. Yeah. That was a cool twist to the car chase meme. Yeah, definitely. That no, was dope. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I just haven't seen Lupita Nyong'o in a lot yeah. of stuff i think the last thing i saw her in was like 12 years she was in 12 years of slave right yeah so one of those films yeah dude she was gorgeous yeah 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 I, I, yeah i mean yeah she's gorgeous agreed um but yeah all that's again really well I've, i haven't read a ton of stuff i've only read a couple of articles here and there yeah. um but you know all the think pieces are just super on point really mm-hmm. kind of great to read um yeah good stuff yeah i think i, I saw one today that was about um that explores feminism but mm-hmm. uh compares and contrasts it to wonder woman um yeah and it was in, it was in it was an interesting it was an interesting read I mean, you need to get that link because then Hoon's probably going to want to read that because I actually, I you know, I don't know if you watched Wonder Woman, but I didn't really like it that much. I haven't finished it. Okay. I I, I know people loved it initially, although yeah. I am seeing a lot more people now who are like, mm, I don't, I don't really <laughs> like it. Or like, why is everyone cheering about this thing? Right. It was, um, I, I thought it started out really well and I enjoyed it. And then it kind of like, then it got kind of like, I know they weren't trying to be campy, but got super campy in a sense for me. And so for Hung, she watched that and she's like, she had, she had very, a bad um, reaction to it, <laughs> a negative reaction to it. Oh yeah. I, saw, she, I saw those posts. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, and then we watched black Panther a week after and she's like, well, you, you want to talk about strong female characters. They're everywhere in Black Panther, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I'm interested. Uh, I should get that link from you, or we could post it up so that um, I'll send it to you right now. Actually, like Hun can read it, but then it'd be interesting. And it was it's it's kind of an interesting. Um, it's a she. It looks like she's a writer, game designer, and unreality. I don't know what unreality expert means, but uh, mm-hmm. I think she's in the gaming industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was just like, I watched it, you know, like when it first came out, I wanted to talk about it, but I wanted to make sure, like I wanted to sit back and listen for other POCs to react to this film before she said, before she wanted to, like, yeah. you know. And I was like, oh, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, you know. <laughs> She's yeah. a white girl. She's a white girl, so or yeah. white woman. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'll yeah, I'll link it to you. Cool. Uh, okay, so I guess that takes us to uh, our dad moments. Um, I know it's been a couple of months, and I'm probably sure there's a million. But uh, any any particular dad moment that stuck out for you? Yeah, I was trying to think. I, was, I, you know, when we talked about it before we started recording, I'm like, yeah, I have, I have dead moments. And I realized, I'm like, I'm not sure. And we talked a lot about it at the beginning when we were catching up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the one thing that I did want to, I definitely wanted to share was, um, we, you know, we talked about routines earlier about going to bed. So we we didn't really do the book thing in terms of the, the calm down period and bedtime period for Malcolm until recently. Mm-hmm. Cause before it would be pretty kind of like we knew he was when he was tired and then we get him ready and then we turn off the lights and then um, I just rock him and then maybe sing to him and do whatever. And then, then put him down when he wasn't even asleep yet so that he could kind of calm himself down. And sometimes he'd cry and, for a few minutes but then we started integrating the book reading it must have been after the, the it must have been since we last recorded so you know around the new year mm-hmm. and what there was actually a couple dead moments in here that was kind of funny um and sad but <laughs> not sad sad but kind of funny sad the uh, so we started do- doing those stories and then one of the books that we've had, which I don't even know who gave it to us or how we got it or whatever. It was just happens to be in our, uh, our bookshelf is this book by Andrew. Where is it? Andrew Becker. Oh, sorry. My bad. Aaron Becker named called journey. Okay. And it's pretty much, it's a textless book. It just starts out. Even in the beginning of the cover, it lays out the scene like this young girl, she's bored and she's going to go on a, an adventure. And then she has a neighbor who seems kind of a loner too, and they end up having an adventure. But so I picked it up and I was um, going through it, and maybe Malcolm picked it out. And I was just reading it. I'm like, I don't know what this book's about. But then the cool thing about it is that you basically have to tell the story yourself. Oh, okay. Right, because there's no there's no words, right, and that um, 
that process is fun. And obviously for kids, when they're older, they could tell the stories themselves too. Right. Right. And so that worked for a while. I mean, Malcolm has, is here and there with finishing books and allowing his finished books. Sometimes he goes through three pages and then goes to the next book. Right. But going through that experience of reading that book and having to tell the story in my own words, um, then got me to changing our bedtime routine where like after we turn off the lights and I'm standing there rocking him for a couple of nights, I was basically telling him a story and you know, like the whole bedtime story thing that we see in the movies. I don't, I don't know if you guys do that yourselves, but it was not something I, I did. And, you know, not being a dad and having to do it, it always felt a little awkward, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, like right. with our friends, kids, like me reading a book to like, like Malcolm or Malcolm um, to Caleb and Karina, who I pretty much saw them grow up from two weeks old on. Yeah. It was still always awkward to me, but then obviously my own kid having to do it and getting into it is a totally different experience. And so we, I, I did the, the storytelling thing for a couple of nights and um, one, I kind of want to turn one of those stories into an actual like story and just kind of, play with it because it was total nonsensical kind of thing but the other thing was <laughs> one of those nights was like one of the worst sleeping nights that Malcolm had he was pretty much like two or three times woke up like screaming like so you know like the whole night terror thing yeah he was experiencing it um, for like 15 minutes and like we are all kind of like freaked out because it was like yelling like screeching yelling like he's, he's he sounded like he was in pain then i'm like oh shoot did i like mess him up <laughs> did i like throw because i was you know like oh we're gonna go off we're gonna um malcolm traveled to another planet it's a water world and he meets a giant octopus and <laughs> all this stuff and like it was all like super lightweight adventure but then i'm thinking like I don't know if he totally understands all the words, but he could understand some of the tones when they're like, "Uh oh, then this, and you, you right, know, what I mean? right, right. I'm like, oh man, did I give him nightmares? <laughs> Maybe dude. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop that now. <laughs> so now what I do now is, I mean, we still read the books, but once lights are off and I'm rocking him before I do any reading with him, actually, I kind of just run down the day. So I'm like, all right, Malcolm. So it's bedtime. So what do we do today? You woke up. Right, right. right. We did this. We did this. We did this. Oh, and you did this. And I think you did this. And then, um, so like kind of the whole kind of storytelling behavior or action is a lot more, uh, natural now. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been a lot of fun in, in terms of, um, the bedtime routine. I haven't done the storytelling in a while because again, like I'm sure I had nothing to do with it, but I'm like, let's kind of wait. <laughs> um, so he's know, still man. right now. He's still stuck in the water world. He still hasn't gotten to the, <laughs> to like, oh, I forgot who he's going towards, but we'll, 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 we'll revisit it. But yeah, that's, that, I think that's my, uh, that was my dad moment. That was, that was a dad moment that happened over the past two months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was kind of trying to think of one too. And um, 
I guess one thing I forgot to mention that I was into, um, definitely the Olympics, mm-hmm. but um, didn't really have a lot of time to really sit back and enjoy it. Um, because the primetime airing mm-hmm. was basically like live in Korea. Yeah. Or pretty close, right? And that's generally the time that Ellis had to go to bed. So I missed like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that was going on. I couldn't do it, but usually I'm like all about Olympics, but my dad moment was like, um, cause Ginny would watch Olympics and then Mm -hmm. she really liked the snow. She called it the snow competition. So all Mm -hmm. the skiing, Mm-hmm. snowboarding she's like really wanted to watch it and then when tess was watching um either speed skating or uh figure skating she's like i don't like this i don't like the ice competition i want <laughs> like i want that and then you know it, it made me think of like chloe kim and then like that mm-hmm. um like her dad and like their, the story of like he knew right away that she was gonna be good so th- you know, he'd drive her to Mammoth from like Torrance or wherever or from right. LA right. every weekend, six hours and just like sleep in the back while she would train or whatever. And I was like, man, thinking about Ginny, you know, and thinking about what should be, she'd be into and, you know, being able to support her uh, any way that I could to make sure that you know, she wants to achieve whatever level. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, it just got me th- the whole Chloe Kim thing and just watching the Olympics got me to start thinking about that. So it wasn't necessarily like a particular moment, but it's just kind right. of like, Oh man, I wonder what she's going to be into. Yeah. I think right now it's going to be video games, to be honest. We saw those pictures. And uh, I was like, it's cool. She can get into esports, you know? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that that was that's my thing, and just like, you know, there's always those good stories of like parents and, um, you know, like always those shots of the parents crying or whatever, and yeah. just like the yeah. immense pride that they have, and just like all the sacrifice, yeah. and it's all worth it, and all that stuff. And I was like, that'd be tight. That'd be right. that'd be pretty tight, you know. Right. Um, so you know, you look at I, I mean, ever since Gigi was born, I think like. You look at I've been looking at the Olympics differently because, you know, uh, now that I'm in now that I'm looking at it from a parent's perspective, and I I could easily put myself in the the parent's shoes now, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you know, like my for example, my my two cousins they are gymnasts, they're twins, and they're gymnasts at Berkeley, mm-hmm. and you know, my aunt you know, goes and watches every meet and is like cheering and like, that's pretty tight. Yeah. You know, like just, um, and they've been doing it since they were, they were kids basically, you know, little kids. So that's what, you know, 20, at least 15 to 20 years of just seeing them grow into these athletes and, you know, competing at, top level um you know i I can imagine just how much pride that you'd have right um yeah man 
Shout out to Olympics. Olympics are the best. <laughs> they are. We honestly watched maybe like three minutes of the Olympics. Um, well, are, are you not into it or are you just busy? I actually, I mean, there's a lot of, I, I was telling him, like, I used to love watching the ski, like the slalom and all the, you know, all, all the downhill stuff. And then, you know, I was a little older once the X Games stuff came in, but that was always fun to watch too. Right. But then like when I was growing up, I watched hella figure skating because my parents watched it. And then, you know, like way back when there was only one Olympics feed, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was always on. So, and then I was hella into Olympic hockey, both men's and women's, like the last Olympics came around, but like, I Dude, think it kind of, did you even watch, in. did you get the chance to see the highlights for the women's one this year? I didn't. I was, just, I saw a lot of the responses on Twitter. As Holy people were shit. Like that was intense as fuck. It was so good. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. Um. Uh. But yeah, I think it kind of just fit into that whole sports thing that we mentioned earlier. Like, just um, kind of disconnecting from most sports. Most sports, yeah. Yeah, it just happened. Yeah. Yeah, there's a like I was I usually really enjoy watching like the short track speed skating, but. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> like, I just couldn't. There, it just wasn't on when I was watching, and maybe when it was on, we were busy, or it's like a weekend, or you know, it was just like there's a, so much stuff going on that like it. It was really hard, and you know, I don't. I think it's different now. Like they do everything kind of on demand or like streaming, but you know, mm-hmm. maybe eight years ago, ten years ago, um every like nbc related cable channel would have something yeah um but maybe this is i might be mistaking it for summer olympics though because i remember during summer like you can go to like cnbc or mm-hmm. c-span or what, whatever is like some random nbc affiliate yeah. cable station and then it'll have some random sport like field hockey or right. t- team handball which is like which is dope yeah well they would have like for summer Olympics, they would have their own feed so they would have like the soccer feed they would have right right basketball feed i guess it's just that much more popular right like yeah. summer olympics is just way more sports than winter but yeah i mean i was even into like watching biathlon dude that shit's tight mm-hmm. um yeah, is well, that the, um, the like the cross country skiing with the shooting? Yep. Yeah. And then like if you miss, you have to go through like a penalty lap. Yeah. So <laughs> that's hella pressure, man. <laughs> like your heart, your like your heart rate is hella high, and then you just gotta like calm yourself, um, to try and hit these fucking targets. Yeah. With wind and shit. <laughs> I was just uh, as a kind of a another tangent. Shout out to uh, we were talking about parents and being proud of like their kids and um, experiencing a lot of success and stuff. Uh, you know, we had our friend Dre on talking about his kids. Yep. So shout out to 
little Dre and Ella and like their family, but particularly Alex, their daughter, because she was ranked in the top 59 um, of freshmen in the nation. Whoa. Yeah. By this prep volleyball.com. Dope. Yeah. <sighs> that's, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. I mean like shoot. And that was actually just, she has a, she has a national ranking on maxpreps.com, which I've never heard of before until today. But she's in the top 200. Man. Yeah. It's crazy, huh? That's dope, dude. You know, that's so like. Shout out, Alex. Olympics 20. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, you never know, you never right? Know, dude. I think that might do it for this episode. Um, yeah. Well, dude, it's been a minute, but mm-hmm. I, I'm happy we got it. Finally, got a chance to do this again. Yeah. Uh, had a lot to talk about, and you know, now that we're gonna try and watch more movies, I think um, I think it'll be much more entertaining than just talking about basketball or like how <laughs> crappy our baseball teams are or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was actually just thinking, you know, like baseball is in spring training right now, and then our mm-hmm. first our first episode we recorded, baseball season had just started. Yep, it was so, a weekend. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, it's been a year, almost a year of, of doing mm-hmm. this, but it's been fun. Um, yeah. Anyway, just a quick reminder. Please subscribe, write a short review. Uh, we are available on basically every podcast service, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. that's that's really dope. Um, we do have a vlog, but and and on YouTube, but we haven't updated for mm. for a while. But uh, definitely active on Facebook. So feel free to follow. Uh, throw us a like or follow um, definitely gonna post up that uh, that feminism article between Wonder Woman and Black Panther that one is a really really great read yeah uh, once again thanks again for uh, for listening we're happy to be back and on behalf of, of John uh, this is Anton uh, and we'll catch you guys next time Pop Culture peace out <laughs>